Welcome to Chapter 1 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Chris Paravati, CIO at Northeast Georgia Health System. In this segment, Paravati talks about the key role that project management and workflow training will play in preparing for EPIC, why he believes going heavy with consultants can hinder a staff in the long run, and how his team worked to build operational engagement right from the get-go. HealthSystemCIO.com podcasts are sponsored by Improvata, the healthcare IT security company ranked number one by class for secure messaging and single sign-on. For more information, visit their website at Improvata.com. Hi, Chris. It's great to speak with you today. Great to speak with you as well. I appreciate the time. Sure. So if you could give an overview of, of Northeast Georgia medical system and, you know, just in terms of what you have with hospitals, um, ambulatory sure. care, things like that. Sure. So uh, Northeast Georgia Health System uh, has two uh, acute care hospitals, one that's uh, licensed at 600 beds, another that's uh, recently opened in the last year with 100 beds. We uh, also have both uh, long-term care uh, and hospice, and uh, we are one of the largest emergency rooms uh, in the state in the top five. Uh, we're also ranked number one in the, in the state for, for cardiology as well as clinical care. And uh, within our physician practice group, which is uh, Northeast Georgia Physicians Group, we also have 51 locations and uh, just over 220 physicians in that group. Okay. And the new hospital, was that something that was acquired or that was built? It was built. It was actually the first hospital we built uh, net new hospital uh, in Georgia in, in over 20 years and uh, was built and, and opened in April of 2015. Okay. Okay, so definitely want to get into that in a little bit, but just to lay a little bit more groundwork. Um, what about in terms of uh, the clinical uh, application environment? What, what type of EHR system do you have in the hospitals? So currently at both acute uh, care facilities, we run uh, McKesson Paragon product. And then in the ambulatory practices, we run Allscripts. And okay. then for cardiology, we run GEMS. And we just completed our system selection and have kicked off our EPIC implementation to consolidate all of our uh, health system under, on, under one enterprise system. Okay. That's very exciting. What does the timeline look like as far as uh, when, when things should get kicked off? Yeah, so we, we kicked off in April, April 28th. We've already started our uh, design sessions. Uh, we've staffed up. We have 159 people on our core project team. Our target go live is October of 2017. We will uh, go live uh, Big Bang, both acute and all of uh, ambulatory services, uh, long-term care, and hospice all at the same time. Uh, so a very aggressive uh, timeline as well as a very aggressive rollout. Right. And so what, what kind of um, staffing and uh, other things like that are you doing to, to get ready for that? So historically, we didn't have really a, a strong capability around training delivery. Mm -hmm. uh, and we were not as well prepared, I believe, uh, as we needed to be in the project management category. Uh, I've implemented EPIC and implemented EPIC at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, 
and uh, I have a lot of experience with the product. Okay. And I fundamentally believe you have no business implementing a system uh, if you're not going to staff it. And so we've increased our IT staff. We have a dedicated project team, uh, but we also built a, a new project management office uh, and have, have hired 17 new project managers and also built a um, EPIC training delivery team and uh, have hired 18 principal trainers to develop curriculum and to be focused on that as we go through design and, and through each phase of the project, they'll be uh, working on their respective training deliverables. And those were some big capabilities to add, but I think are pretty essential. Yeah, especially when, when you are talking about going big bang and, and doing so in really was not a huge timeline, as I don't have to tell you. Um, really, it, it's so necessary to have all of that training uh, in place. I think a lot of times people can really justify the, well, we need project team members, but don't necessarily understand the aspects of, of project management or really what's involved in, in making an effective training delivery. Most people believe, well, we can, we can bring trainers on after we've designed the system. But what they lose out on is that they don't get to understand why were those workflows developed that way? What were the decisions that went into that? And so when they get into training class, they can talk about, you know, here's how you click on this, or here's how you complete a, a flow sheet, or, you know, maybe a physician note, but they can't explain why. And uh, a big part of the principal trainer's role will be to focus on workflow training mm -hmm. and to be able to answer to the user's why. And I think if people understand the importance and how those decisions were uh, arrived at, then I think people have a tendency to, to be a little bit more bought in and understand uh, the importance of doing that work. Right. Is this something that, that comes from your past experience, just in having that, that focus on workflow training? Yeah, it, it does, and it takes a little bit extra work to get there. Historically, you've seen a lot of other EPIC sites that have brought a lot of contractors in or maybe just focused on, well, we're not going to train workflow, we're going to train functionality, and workflow will be learned in the department. And adding those things in can be costly, but having a smooth go-live where you're really focused on enhancing the system and optimizing really is a big difference between that and maybe a go-live where people maybe know how to click on the screens, but they don't understand what they're trying to accomplish, and they don't understand how they're going to leverage the tool to do their activities. Right. I think there's a lot of organizations that will go high, heavy on contractors with the idea that you're going to scale back after go live. Mm -hmm. And generally, the reality is, is what you need to implement it is generally what you need to support it. And when you bring in a bunch of contractors, you lose the opportunity to build a capable staff of supporting the tools and optimizing them and upgrading them. And, you know, I feel strongly that you have to build a team that's capable of managing that. There's a role for contracted staff or consultants, but it's not to take the place of, of staff that you really should be hiring in the first place. Right. And as the organization makes changes, and continues to go through what I think we see as an industry of just accelerated changes, 
you've got to have the bench strength to be able to respond to that and to be fluid and be dynamic. We, you might be able to make the changes by leveraging consultant resources, but there usually was a, a bunch of decision-making that went into designing the system. Yeah. And when you start to make changes to those designs without understanding the implications, you really kind of put the, the organization at risk. Mm. Because a lot of times, particularly in an enterprise system, there can be unintended consequences of making changes uh, right. to the design without really understanding what were the, you know, the original design intentions. Hmm. And, uh, you know, if you look at some of the epic sites that implemented before there was a model system or before there was a foundation system, a lot of those decisions that went into designing the, those systems those individuals carried a lot of subject matter expertise with them when they left. And then subsequently what happens is those organizations struggle a little bit more with upgrades and with changes and adoptions that are, that are occurring uh, as their organization grows. And so really a big part of, of my focus is not just building the capability for the implementation, but to build the capability to sustain the product. And, and to keep pace with all the changes that you know, we're seeing in, in so many different areas. I think the, the other huge advantage that I think we uniquely have is because we are a, a late adopter to, a, to an EPIC implementation, we're able to leverage a lot of the data analytics tools that, that EPIC is now developing. And uh, so we'll be able to consolidate tools like an enterprise data repository and some of the care coordination analytics can be more embedded within the product. And we've got a, probably a, a descending view on, on how we're going to leverage Epic from a data analytics perspective. And I think a lot of the customers who were earlier adopters of Epic maybe didn't get an, an opportunity to leverage, and now they're considering. So, yeah, uh, you know, it's an exciting time. We've, we really are fortunate to be implementing such a powerful product, and I think a big key to that for us is really the operational engagement. And, and I think we talked a little bit about this at HIMSS, but you know, this is truly an operationally-led project. I have, um, for example, I have Carol Burrell, who's our president. She chairs the EPIC Steering Committee. Hmm. And in my career, I've never had, in a lot of my peers' careers, I've never had their CEO chairing their their EMR adoption. Yeah. And the reason why that's so important to her is she understands that this is going to be part of our DNA and that these tools are so enabling or can be so debilitating if they're not implemented well. And so, you know, a big focus of mine has really been on the operational ownership and then I make sure that everybody in the C-suite really has a clear understanding of what they're accountable for and has clear ownership in the implementation. So that's probably one of the things that's probably even more unique um, than, you know, at least my past experiences has been how much operations is truly driving this. Yeah, and, and how, how is that something that your organization has been able to do as far as, you know, working with those other C-suite leaders to really get more uh, ownership and, and involvement in this? So, you know, it really started with even the decision to go to market. Mm -hmm. As we 
evaluated our current tools and, and our increasing complexity, we determined that we really needed to find a single platform for our health system. And it started with really educating the senior staff on the market and what were the tools out there. Mm-hmm. And so as we went through that early analysis and then even in the system selection, two months for any activities were to take place with the organization, that senior staff was informed of it. So, for example, when we said, we're going to work through the P requirements, and here's what our approach is going to be, and here's how we're going to engage your staff, we were telling them two months before we were going to engage them so that they understood what the process was and that they clearly understood how they were going to need to make sure their staff were involved. So when we got to demos, uh, we did three days of demos for both Epic and Cerner. Um, We had over 1,000 people participate in demos. We had uh, over 150 physicians uh, participate during those days. And, you know, I attribute that to the senior staff all understanding the importance and what their role was, what was going to be required, and to make sure that those individuals um, understood the importance of that process. As we collected that information and the evaluations from the, the selection, we were able to tabulate that and quantify the results. And those results, again, were presented to senior staff, but also to a steering committee that represented medical, clinical, and overall operations. And so they could see you know, how things were scored, how they were evaluated, their staff were informed, what they were hearing from staff aligned to the scoring and the, and the outcomes. It was a very transparent process that senior staff was well informed and it was clear as to what their role was going to be. Right. I think it also is attributed to Carol, who's our, our president and uh, CEO. Carol was very clear that she expected um, that everybody was engaged and that the selection was a health system selection, yeah. uh, not a, an IT. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.